Welcome to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine, where we focus on civic and urban issues impacting New Westminster and beyond. For the Record puts it on the record, when and where it counts. Now let's begin. Thanks for joining me on the uh, podcast uh, today. We have a great podcast for you with a lot of topics focusing in on the uh, February 26 New Westminster Council meeting. And that means that I'm going to be having on the podcast today, Councillor Paul Minas. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be covering a lot of topics, including our recent Councillor Cafe, which was focused on organized sport and the need to um, support those folks who support our community through organized sport. Also talking about the half a million dollars that is estimated to cost for the rebrand of our royal city. There'll be no longer a crown in our logo and uh, council's going to be investing some of your tax dollars to uh, decolonize our logo. So that process is now underway. Also our operating budget. Speaking of taxes, it looks like it's going to be going up uh, 14% over two years. So we've had looks like an 8% tax hike and that's going to be coming to um, to council uh, for a final reading very soon so we're going to cover off uh, that item. In addition uh, we uh, both submitted uh, Councilor Minas and I a crime uh, and safety report that we drafted that went into council. We're going to touch on that as well as a motion from one of our colleagues on the uh, supervised consumption and overdose prevention sites and uh, looking at uh, including um, inhalation services. We're going to talk about how that became a little controversial uh, after uh, an amendment was put forward uh, to look at uh, increasing support for mental health and uh, drug uh, treatment and recovery programs. So that's uh, that, that's fascinating. As well, we're going to talk about um, who got left out when it came to the uh, mayor's appointments to a bunch of uh, committees. And I'm sure you can guess who that was, but uh, we'll talk about that in a few moments. Lastly, um, a 60-year-old tree made some history this week when the tree got designated. So it got designated under the Heritage Revitalization Agreement process. So you're definitely going to want to hear about that. Lastly, we're going to touch on uh, the facilities in the city and how aging infrastructure or the infrastructure deficit is hitting home. A fantastic report uh, was submitted to council, which uh, allowed us to have a look to see which uh, of our facilities are in poor shape, very poor shape, and which ones are doing not so bad. So uh, just sit back, uh, relax, put those uh, earbuds in. You're listening to For the Record. I'm Daniel Fontaine, and now we're going to be joining our special guest, Councillor Paul Minas. This is Daniel Fontaine, and you're listening to For the Record. Uh, very pleased to have with me once again our amazing special guest, Councillor Paul Minhas. Welcome to For the Record. Well, thank you, Daniel. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, looking forward to it. Well, uh, Councillor Minhas, we are, uh, I am looking forward to it as well, and we are going to um, shake it up this week. And you challenged me. You said, hey, let's try something new. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to start off the podcast today. We typically end the podcast with Bell or Buzzer, which has become an incredibly popular game and uh, had lots of really positive feedback. People love it. That They're telling me that that's the part of the podcast that they really like to listen to. So we thought we'll switch it up a little bit and we'll start with Bell or Buzzer. Are you okay with that? You fine? Absolutely. Is that, I love that's it. not I a part, that's not a question of Bella Buzz. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. It's, uh, it's a great way to start. Yes. Okay. And you know how the game works. Uh, but if you've never listened to Bella Buzzer before, this is how it works. I'm going to give uh, Councillor Minhas a question. I'm also going to give him a choice of up to four answers, multiple choice. He has got to give me the correct answer. And then when I'm going to, when he gives me the answer, he's going to lock it in and you're going to hear either a bell or a buzzer, and he's got to get at least two correct answers out of the four in order, of course, to um, get a 50% mark. So, But of course, you're going to get hired in that because I think your record is really good. You've had, I think, um, an incredible like 90% plus uh, rating, and I don't give you the questions beforehand. So. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, without further ado, let's listen to the theme music before we get started because we've got to get warmed up with our bell or buzzer theme music. Here we go.
Okay, Councillor Minhas, with that music now done, it's time for the serious part of Beller Buzzer, and it's question time. Here we go. I'm going to read you a question, give you four answers, and you're going to have to give me the correct answer. The question is, there was a report done back in 2008 by the City of New Westminster. Very extensive report that looked out 10 years into the future around uh, the future of parks and sports and recreation facilities, etc. In that report, it said that there should be a whole bunch of additional sport fields built in the city by the year 2021. Okay, that was the recommendation. So here are the four answers. How many additional sport fields did it say that we needed due to our population growth way back in 2008? How many additional sport fields did they say we needed in New Westminster? Was it A, three? Was it B, five? Was it C, seven? Or was it D, 24? Um, Daniel, I'm so focused on the question, I forgot what <laughs> name. Well, let me repeat it for you. No, you're entitled to do that. And remember, you do get you do get one. Uh, I should remind you and tell everyone that that our guests who play Bell or Buzzer do get one option. They get kind of a special lifeline, and that I take out one of the answers, so then you're down to three. But let me repeat again: A is three, B is five, C is seven, or D is twenty-four. Oh. Um... You know, I wasn't in the council at that time. What? Uh, no, uh, I, okay, I got sorry. elected in... Uh, uh, you were a teenager back in 2008. <laughs> <was a> teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I had heard a lot back then in those days, and I just opened up my business on Columbia Street. And uh, I was so excited uh, when I heard about... Uh, um, stuff like this and uh, what they were also going to do downtown as well for mm -hmm. for the economic development. Lots of promises. A lot of promises. And we were going to be the next commercial drive and and then it was Amazing. the next uh, Yale town. And then Amazing. it was the Commercial next... drive, by the way, is thriving. I was just there, <laughs> Councillor Minas, I... two weeks ago. I can't tell you. The place is just hopping. Every right. single space on commercial drive was full of people, coffee shops, meat uh, shops, vegan shops. It was just packed with... Anyway, sorry, we digress. It's, 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 uh, it's become almost like a destination place out there. I know. Just like the gas town, yeah. you know, or the Yale town. Yeah. And people from throughout the Lower Mainland go to these places. But anyways, yes, we're getting... Yes, we're digressing, <laughs> but that'll be a topic for a future uh, podcast, of course. Absolutely. We'll talk about the difference between Commercial Drive and Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So to the best of my knowledge, yes, um, I believe uh, none of those answers are, are the right answers. Mm. I believe it's zero. Zero. Okay, so here, let me repeat the question because I don't. First of all, the answer is there, so it's the always we there. never, we never on Bell or Buzzer, we never give you a trick question where okay. the answer is not there. So the answer is there. The trick question. So here's the here is the question. Let me repeat it one more time. How many new facilities did the report say New Westminster was going to need? How many new sport and recreation fields were going to be needed by 2021 just to accommodate the population growth in the city? So this is a forecast of how many new fields they needed in order to um uh to be able to accommodate the uh, growth so that so uh, so it's at least three more fields we had needed at least three more fields between between the time the report was done in 2008 and 2021 wow. so what would be your answer you're gonna you're running out of time because you're gonna have to give me an answer you know, I'm, in. I'm just gonna take a wild guess uh, um i think i have the answer but um maybe can i a you can have you can use a lifeline. Absolutely. I'm going to use the lifeline. Okay, here we go. Okay. So the lifeline, I'm going to remove seven. So it's okay. C the answer C seven is incorrect. So okay. it's either A three, B five, or D twenty-four. Hmm. I'll go with D. Oh, wow. I'll go with D. Uh, but I'm just shooting in the dark okay. here. Okay. I'm just shooting in the dark. Like I said, I was I was here back in those days. I remember hearing a few things. Okay, 24. Okay, before you lock it in, 20, that would mean 24 new recreational fields in the city of New Westminster. So we'd have a lot of new recreational fields across the city. So you're, 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 there was a lot of promises being made back there, in those there days. Were, yeah. So um, just somehow kind of the number 24 okay. sticks in my head. No, no, that's, I don't want to sway you either way. You're, you're, 
You're locking it in? I'm locking it in. That's my final answer. That's your final answer. Okay, here we go. And we're going to hear if Councillor Maness is correct. We're going to listen for the bell or the buzzer. And did he get it right with his answer D, 24 new sport fields? You did. Congratulations. Wow. I think that was a lucky guess. I think that was a bit of a guess. But, you know, sometimes at Bell or Buzzer, it is a guess because the answer is there. Incredibly, uh, Councillor Minas, the report uh, dating way back to 2008 said that we needed to have another 24 sport fields. Now, I don't have the answer as to how many actually got built in that time because we're now 2024. So three years after the recommendations for this report. But you know what? It's a question that I think you and I should inquire about. What do you think? About think how how much idea. how much of that report actually got implemented in terms of the uh, Absolutely. I think the people have the right to know. Uh, it was a 10-year mm-hmm. um, period. Yep. And uh, obviously there was uh, probably consultants involved. And well, we're was, doing that now, actually. The yeah, City of New Westminster is well. uh, hiring consultants. We're doing yeah. a very similar report yeah. yet again. Uh, you know, there's money spent. Uh, it's the people's money. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we should look into it. And I think uh, it'll be a great idea to look into it and see how many or how much of that project was actually got built. Yeah, that's good. There you go. So there you go. So with Beller Buzzer, we learned that 24, uh, they were recommending 24 more sports fields. Let's let's inquire. But let's move on because we have a few other questions. So one, you got uh, your one for one so far. Here we go. The Paddle Wheeler Pub, Mila and Page, the Union Jack, and the floor shop at the River Market. What do they all have in common? Okay, let me repeat. The Paddle Wheeler Pub, Neil and Page, Union Jack, and the floor shop at Kisa. What do they all have in common? Is it A, they all just decided to expand their businesses and open up satellite shops in other <laughs> Metro Vancouver cities? <laughs> Is it B, they were all nominated for Business of the Year by the Chamber of Commerce? Was it C, They've all been announced as having a major expansion of their businesses in New Westminster? Or is it D? They've all either closed shop or announced that they're going out of business soon. There we you go. Know, uh, um, it's a very sad story. Um, um, being here for such a long time, I've known all these businesses, uh, and especially uh, small businesses like the flower shop and Milan Page with Anita Dunn, and even the bigger businesses of the Paddle Wheeler and the Union Jack. Um, it's a very sad story. Uh, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to see this. But they have all closed and shut down, and they're moving on. Uh, so the answer is D, yes. Sadly, I was hoping you didn't pick D, but uh, let's see. Um, have all of those particular small businesses that I just referenced, have they all closed shop or announced that they're going out of business, which is D. So here we go. Is it Bell or Buzzer? And sadly, I hate to tell you, but you got that answer correct. And I agree with you. Those were um, incredible small businesses. And um, I bet you I could have, for this question, could have listed, sadly, another dozen or so small businesses. These are the ones that we see because they're high profile in the community. But You know, Daniel, uh, sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but at the same token, it's not just about these four businesses. I'm hearing some sad statistics that might be coming forward that there might be a few others mm. uh, that might be um, in the process of shutting down. And it's really, really sad with, uh, with everything that's going on. These were very hardworking people. They were uh, people from within our community, mm-hmm. um, and and you know the employed people, uh, they were collecting GST, PST, uh, social remittances for the government, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, even the triple net taxes mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. There's such an important. They play such a vital role uh, within our community, and to to see and hear that they're shutting down, um, it's very worrisome. And you know, Paul. Um, I have, without getting into specifics, I have reached out to some folks within the business community to come on to the podcast to speak. Many are afraid. They don't want to speak out. They're fearful that somehow there will be reprisals on them. And I'm not going to point fingers at who might be putting reprisals. I don't think that's appropriate. But I will say I've never seen that kind of fear in the business community 
as I have in the last few years is they just, you're, you're brave that you own a small business. You not only are spoken out, you've ran for public office, but so many small business owners in this city are absolutely petrified to speak out. You know, <clears throat> um, I want to be very, very clear, and this is my opinion, Daniel. Uh, you said something very, very important. Um, it is absolutely very, very true as to how the business owners' management fear if they speak out or speak up against something, they're targeted. And it's a very, um, it's very sad to hear that, that these businesses um, face repercussions just because of their opinions or something they're not comfortable they want to talk to somebody, whether it's at the city level or whether it's with us as counselors. And I know that firsthand um, how I was targeted. And, um, and, and I stood up. Um, I'm still being targeted in a lot of different ways. And, and I feel for these owners because they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. And, and they're caught in the middle. And yet, uh, they want to say so much, they want to do so much, and yet they're not able to. And that's very scary. Well, I, I didn't know where we would go with this one on, on Bell or Buzzer, but I, I'm, first of all, I want to thank uh, the folks at Paddle Wheeler, Milan Page, like you said, Anita Dunn, the Union Jack at the Floor Shop, many, many, many other small businesses in this town. It's been a rough ride for many of them, and I want to acknowledge that even the ones that are still open, it's a rough ride for many of them. And you and I talked about that at council. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the podcast around property tax increases, et cetera. But uh, we need to be attracting new businesses. We need to be opening up new florist shops, opening up new retail, opening up new pubs, instead of seeing them closing and going in the other direction. And that will only happen if these small business owners don't feel the fear that they feel that there will be no reprisals and that the organizations that represent businesses in this community also can speak out without having to feel um, any fear. So uh, suffice to say, uh, Paul, I'm going to continue to invite small business uh, owners. If you're listening to this, if you would like to be on For the Record, if you'd like to speak out, come on in. I'd love to hear from you. And I know that our listeners would too. You're absolutely right. Uh, you've said a lot of things that are so dead on. And uh, we actually even started the so-called Counselors uh, Business Cafe uh, just to get the business people, uh, the business owners out. Uh, we can talk, we can share. And collectively, I think it is uh, all seven of us in the council, uh, including the mayor, uh, it is our responsibility as to how we attract more businesses. What are we going to do? What um, options are we giving to these business people to make their business a success and be part of our community, uh, whether, uh, again, it's in Sapperton or uptown or downtown or in Queensboro. We have to attract businesses. We have to uh, give them reasons to come over here. Yeah. And just in closing, this isn't just about the small businesses. That's it's right. about the people who live here because the people who live here want to shop here. They want to be able to stay here. They don't want to have to feel like they go to Surrey or Vancouver because all the or, or commercial true. drive, Very as I true. said earlier, yes. because there's no retailer, there's no shops here. So let's leave that one for now. I think it's a great topic for a future Absolutely. discussion. I, I, I extend through this podcast and opening to any small business owner, anyone who wants to come in and, and talk about this, I'd love to have you on for the record. But here we go. Let's go to question number three. So question number three for uh, Bell or Buzzer is the following. What Hollywood star is currently hanging out at City Hall Chambers, as we speak, recording an episode of The Last of Us? Okay, well, I, no, I didn't, give, I didn't give you the, you, you can't give me an answer yet. <laughs> I didn't say that Bell or Buzzer was going to be easy. So here we go. What Hollywood star, and he's well known, is currently hanging out at City Hall Chamber and recording an episode of The Last of Us? And for full disclosure, the reason I know this is because I went to City Hall yesterday and I saw, I walked into the chamber and it was the, completely a different chamber. It was from a different city in Wyoming. So I know that this particular star is there. Here we go. Here are your answers. Is it A, Brad Pitt? Is it B, Tom Cruise? <laughs> Is it C, Pedro Pascal? 
Or is it D, Leonardo DiCaprio? So one of those four major big Hollywood stars was hanging out at New West City Council Chambers this week recording The Last of Us, another episode. Of, so, And you've used your lifeline. So this would have been a good one to use your lifeline on, but you've used your lifeline. So what, what do you think? You know, uh, it's funny. I was in the City Hall Chambers this, this morning for a meeting. And um, yes, I did see all that, but I went straight into the office for a meeting and then I left uh, right after. I did not really pay attention as to who was filming and what film was being fil filmed. But uh, based on uh, some of the answers you've given me, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and... Uh, Pedro Pascal and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yep. You know, uh, I think you've made it easy for me. I, I don't think the big names are there because if the big names were there, the city parking lot uh, would have been full and uh, every place would have been full in the city hall. Um, I would go with uh, uh, just a lucky, I'm, I hope it's right, it's number C. I'm locking it in. You're, whoa, wow, that's brave of you. Um, well, I, like, I, I would say that all four of them are pretty big uh, stars, but let's see, you've locked it in. So will you go three for three on this one? We've got to listen to the bell or buzzer. Here we go, bell or buzzer. Wow, you got that one right. No, I think that was a guess. I think that, that was, was an, a lucky guess. That was an educated absolute, guess, but you did you guess. did very well. It was Pedro Pascal? Yes, he has been uh, he's been sitting in my chair there at uh, City Your Hall. Chair. Apparently, in my chair. Not in the mayor's chair. No, 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 my chair. He's Your been chair. absolutely. It's going to be a famous. I think chair. you might be being biased. No, here. no, it was my chair. I know he was there. <laughs> That's what everybody said. He was sitting in my chair at City Hall. So yeah, Pedro Pascal. Uh, he's in town, and uh, as you, you and I both know, the movie industry and the film industry and the commercials uh, filming is a big component of the economic generators for the city. Absolutely. So it's great to see that um, that's generating a few dollars and creating some jobs for Absolutely. arts arts and culture community Absolutely. in the city of New West. Here we go. Last question. So you're three for three. So you want to get this All one right. right. Here we go. This is a tough one. The Premier of British Columbia was just in town this week for a big announcement. Was it A? He's agreed to pay for part of the Thomas Out Aquatic Center as currently the city is picking up the entire tab, about $114 million. Is it B? He'll be providing $110 million in new funding for three new schools to be built in the city of New Westminster, including a high school in Queensboro. Is it C? The province will be investing $6 million for a new community center in our West End, which is desperately needed? Or is it D? He was in town for a groundbreaking ceremony for a previous announcement regarding an investment in student housing at Douglas College. Uh, you know, uh, I would have loved if uh, uh, A, B, or C uh, were the real answers. Uh, they're not. Uh, D is uh, the final answer. I will lock that in. Uh, wouldn't it uh, wouldn't it have been great if we had got some sort of funding um, uh, from the premier? But instead, uh, no, it wasn't the city of uh, New West that got any funding. I think I do know uh, the city that got the funding. I think it was Surrey. I you're absolutely right. Uh, it was Surrey. It was all over the news. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely, he came here for the groundbreaking of the. Uh, Douglas College. Uh, so the reannouncement and the groundbreaking ceremony at Douglas College. Okay, so here we go. Was it Bell or Buzzer? Congratulations, <laughs> Councillor Minhas. Yet again, you have scored. And I'm trying to make these questions more difficult every time you appear, but you continue to amaze me at how you seem to know all the answers. And I don't know how to... There's program. been a few lucky guesses there, okay. uh, Daniel. Uh, but... Uh, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Kelcher Minas, we're now going to switch over. Um, I know we, in our Bell or Buzzer section, we had a lot of topics actually woven into that, which is kind of neat to be able to do that. But th there are also a lot of other topics that we want to cover in the remainder of this podcast. And I'm going to start out first with um, a, uh, a council cafe that you and I attended this week. It was a special one that we announced in council a while ago. We invited all of the representatives from the organized sport 
community in the city of New Westminster to have a discussion. And why don't you uh, let our uh, listeners know about what that was all about and why did you have a room full of people who are involved in organized sport? Uh, a very good question, uh, Daniel. Um, uh, right from the beginning, we have been doing, both yourself and myself, uh, we have been doing uh, the Counselor's Cafe for the residents, uh, for the business community. Uh, we've had two uh, town hall meetings. Uh, we got a couple more town hall meetings coming, and one is for the, uh, the child care. Uh, this one was important. I believe uh, the fact that sports is such a big part within our community, or any community, actually, as a matter of fact, um, they needed to be heard. And for a very, very long time, they haven't been heard. A lot of our residents, they have to go to other municipalities uh, to enroll their, their children into it or even for recreation, just go and play. We are so desperately lacking um, facilities that, that can accommodate our own uh, residents. It's not even funny anymore. Uh, just like the report you were saying, one of the first questions in the bell and buzzer, um, we had a report for 10 years and, and, uh, you know, we need to get these things done as elected officials. It is our responsibility to make sure when we are promising the people something that we come forward and get it done. And, uh, the response was amazing. And, and of course we got three and a half million dollars of the community um, growing community, the fund. growing community fund uh, that we have locked in, and um, we wanted these different um, uh, committees, uh, groups, uh, whether it was basketball or lacrosse or salmon bellies or uh, the lawn bowling or the curling or whoever they are, pickleball. We had them all invited. It was a great turnout, and it was important to listen to them and ask them how do they want to use the three point five million dollars. And uh, they better quickly come up with a plan. Um, and they were all excited and they were all thrilled. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll come forward uh, very fast. Yeah, we also talked about at that forum the uh, Facilities Condition Index, a new, a new report that just came out to council. If you haven't already looked at it, look it up on the city website. Um, that gave a snapshot of the facilities and where they're at. And and so many of them were in the color red or orange that they were either in very poor condition or poor condition. Even fair condition still needs a lot of work. work like it yeah. still needs, it's not in perfect condition. So we, we talked about that with all the organized sport. We talked about the $3.5 million that has been set aside in the Growing Communities Fund. And we also talked about the 2025 budget and the fact that they got to get going and getting organized to make sure that they put a submission into City Hall um, so that uh, we can hear what those priorities are. But primarily what, why we brought them all together was you and I are both elected officials at, at the City Hall. We wanted to hear from them. Absolutely. What are their priorities? Not what is our priority. What not, it's not what Daniel Fontaine's priority or what. It's basically what they need. Right. What is stopping them from being within the community? Why do they have to go outside of the city? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's important to listen to the people. So yeah, there were there were some amazing examples of of what um, these organizations have done. Like they're all nonprofits and they're challenged. They're all volunteers. Yeah, uh, they spend a lot of their time. You know. And uh, it's very challenging uh, when, when they have to constantly keep raising funds. Uh, and, and it's not that easy, especially this day and age, mm. uh, when people are struggling in, in general. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think the biggest thing for them that was quite the shock was that, first of all, so many of them didn't even know that the Growing Communities Fund was around. They didn't even know that they could like, you know, effectively advocate for that, which That's was right. shocking to me. Secondly, they didn't know that the $3.5 million had been secured for sports and recreation. That was a big shock for me that they did not know about I this. know, yeah, that they didn't know that. And then lastly, um, you know, when they were telling us stories of how they were being kind of nickeled and dimed in terms of charges that they have to face, you know, 5000 for this, 100000 for that, 80000 And they were all going, we did not know that there yeah. was all these millions of dollars sitting there that yeah. we could have applied for. So, so um, yeah, I, I felt really energized by that meeting. I felt very excited about it, and I know you did too. Oh, absolutely. Like I, uh, you were saying, that it was a, first of all, it was a great turnout. They were really thrilled to hear what we uh, the, about the $3.5 million fund, uh, and they are definitely looking forward to bringing forward uh, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, things that they can do with that money. More to come on that subject, I'm sure, over the coming weeks. Councilor Minas, there was also at the February 26th council meeting a discussion about the need for us to spend, I believe it was $40,000 on a consultant and a, a, an engagement process to finally strip away that crown and that kind of connection to kind of the royal city or the crown. Um, uh, so there was a, a report that came to council saying that um, the $40,000 needed to be approved and then that there could be up to another $450,000 would be allocated or have to be spent in terms of the rebranding and the stripping away of, of things off of garbage cans, I'm assuming, the crown. Anywhere we see the crown, will be. it looks like that'll be removed and this new logo will be uh, uh, replacing it over time. So um, what happened? Uh, you know, it got approved. Uh, absolutely disappointed. Uh, very, very disappointed, both uh, yourself and myself. Uh, we did not vote for this. Uh, we got defeated uh, at 4-2. Um, it's unnecessary spending. Um, and, of course, based on what they're saying, the city staff is saying that it could be close to half a million dollars. But something like this, we always know it turns out to be much higher. Um, but at the same token, it wasn't necessary. We did not need this. We needed to hear from the people, and the people weren't given a chance to be heard. And that's the sad part about it. And you know what was really interesting about that $450,000 figure in the report is that's almost, I believe, to the penny, the same cost for the replacement of the petting zoo. Oh, do I hear the... Oh, I think I hear my friends, the little friends at the petting zoo. There they are, my friends, the goats. They're all in the background there. So our good friends at the petting zoo are now gone. Bye-bye. Hope the goats have all been taken care of. Um, so th um, that petting zoo is is being taken away and the, and the mushroom wall is going to be replacing it in, in, as part of a, a kind of a larger project. That project as well, which, which features the mushroom wall, that's going to be about $450,000 as well. Yeah, I think between the two projects, uh, we're talking about a million dollars. Close to a million dollars. Close yeah. to a million dollars. And uh, again, uh, this is not necessary. Um, uh, this is uh, um, spending uh, that did not need to happen. I think we had a great little uh, animal farm over there. And uh, we could have a petting, uh, the petting zoo. Uh, and we should have maintain that uh, that's what i hear from a lot of the people and um uh, totally disappointed all i know is for a million dollars is you can get a lot of children's play equipment you Absolutely. we could be investing in children's playgrounds and play equipment throughout the city that would have got us a lot and i i personally like for me i would rather have seen that million dollars go to be invested in in play equipment versus rebranding or mushroom walls. there was so many other things especially we could have done with in spending for the children, uh, you know, uh, but uh, instead uh, we got a mushroom wall and uh, our moniker, um, we're getting rid of that. And bye-bye petting zoo. Here I can, I, here they are. I can yeah, hear my yeah, friends bye -bye again. Bye-bye petting zoo, yes. They're, 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 they're not happy. They're not happy. The, the animals are not happy. They're not happy. They're not happy, no, but you know what? Bring us back. Bring us back. That's what they're saying. I can't, I can't understand goat uh, you know, language. Some people are saying even bring the moniker back. Well, that's a whole other discussion for yeah. a future podcast. Okay, uh, we were just talking about expenses, uh, close to a million dollars worth of expenses, and another topic on the agenda that came up, and that was around expenses, but more around taxes, in that the uh, budget, which continues to snake its way through final approval, the 2024 operating budget, um, we're looking at a record almost 8% property tax hike when you combine it with last year. That works out to about 14% property tax increase over two years. If we continue, if we continue, and I hope we don't, but if we continue at that pace, we will have raised taxes in our term, Paul, 28% in four yeah. years, which is absolutely yeah. incredible. And going back to these small businesses that we, you and I were talking about earlier who are going out of business, um, many of them have to pay these 18, 20, 40, whatever yeah, percent. You're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, um, I like the fact that you brought, uh, uh, for example, when we're comparing it with uh, 
Port Coquitlam, mm-hmm. who are almost at the bottom of the scale uh, within the lower mainland. Um, you know, the taxes are so low. Um, and uh, you ask for a, a special, if we can have a comparable. And um, you ask the staff if you could bring forward that. I think and we I, asked for a delegation to meet with Mayor Brad that West. as well. Yeah, how did that? Yeah, that was defeated. It as was well. defeated because I think yeah. the last time you and I were talking on yeah. the podcast, I think it was going to council. That's right. But yeah, it got defeated. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, people can't keep paying these kind of taxes. Eight uh, percent, almost fourteen percent, in less than two years, uh, and and by the time this term is over, it could be. Due. Twenty-eight uh, percent. But surely, uh, Paul, your paycheck's gone up. Your business, your, so your business income has gone up by fourteen percent. Surely, uh, a lot of my cost figures have gone up a lot, um, and uh, I know that firsthand, and uh, I hear it from a lot of the business community as well as the residents of of New Westminster. Uh, there has to be a better way to deal with this, and of course, when we have unnecessary spending, like uh, the removal of the the crown, the moniker, um, the petting zoo. Uh, the million dollars, close to a million dollars, these are all part of it. And and uh, we need to um, get a grip on this um, because um, at the end of the day, we can't carry on raising the taxes and expect the people to, to keep paying it. And yes, of course, most people's paychecks don't go up this much. Well, we forgot to mention, and I'm, I don't want us to go into a tangent, but the $600,000 uh, uh, porta potty, or the, the what do you call it? not a porta potty, but a portable toilet or whatever that's yeah. being installed at the uh, Hayek Square. So I don't want to go down that road, um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot expenditures of- that are, um, I think, from a taxpayer's perspective, are quite questionable. And that's why people get upset because yeah. they see 14% property tax hikes yeah. and then they look at these types of expenditures and they come to you and I on the street at Safeway and at the store and at the on, on Columbia and say, What are you guys doing up there? Yes, uh, very true. We should be, like you were saying earlier, we should be spending this uh, a lot of this stuff, money on, like if you're building for the children, like we were talking about. Absolutely. You know, or more, more turf fields. More turf fields. Sports field lighting. You know, you know schools, daycares, and things yeah. like that, right? Um, so, yes, uh, this is uh, absolutely uh, unbelievable that uh, we are, I believe, second highest in the lower mainland for that. Well, that's uh, the... Some folks dispute that, but we'll, we'll leave that at that. And I will close off this particular topic before we jump to the next, that I was able to confirm with staff that the BC Hydro announcement of a $100 yes. rebate per uh, year, which is, works out to, I think, about $8, which is a nice coffee at Starbucks, by the way. Um, <laughs> about $8 a month is what people are going to be getting back from the province of British Columbia through BC Hydro. And I, I didn't, I kind of hinted at it in the council, but I'm going to expand on it just slightly. Remember when you and I tried to take the 3.5% climate action levy temporarily off and we got criticized because we said that people said to us, we won't name names, but some folks said to us, that's only like 6 or $8 a month. That's mm-hmm. like chump change. Like, why are you even bothering doing that? And here, the NDP government in Victoria yeah. is doing exactly that, removing, exactly. And, and yet it's being praised as a, uh, Absolutely. as a, uh, uh, kind of a. <laughs> it's uh it's unbelievable is all I can say, you know, a hundred dollars, um, but it's better than nothing. Well, look, it's better than nothing. It's and than and nothing. I'm not going to criticize uh, the premier for uh, uh, taking a hundred dollars off the, the, the rates of people for BC Hydro. But I also expect that um, uh, folks from within this community are not going to criticize us when we propose to take a hundred dollars off the new West electrical utility bill. Because if that had happened, people would now be getting $200 off their bills, yeah. but now we're, we're, we're uh, left with the $100 provincial uh, rebate, which will be coming through their That's bills right. shortly. Absolutely. So, Paul, we were able to um, uh, bring to council the report. We made a promise that we were going to bring a report back to council on the crime and safety forum that we held back in way back in November now. That report was drafted and, and there was a motion introduced to council to receive it for information. What happened to that report? Uh, it got passed. And uh, um, I'm glad to hear that it got passed as well. Uh, you know, but it was a great forum. Uh, people were asking us to have a town hall forum for that. And we had great speakers. Amazing. From, uh, you know, um, well uh, rehearsed in their uh, background. Uh, people like Dave Jones, who was the ex-police chief. 
uh, Kashid, a council member from Richmond, as well as uh, ex-police chief from West Vancouver. Mm -hmm. We had Shirley Heafy, who was on the police board over here with a lot of uh, experience. Uh, you know, it was a great turnout. And don't forget the 120 plus people who attended. Absolutely. It was <laughs> a great turnout. It was yeah. full. And, and uh, uh, you know, we delivered on what we were hearing from the people. And uh, um, based on that, we're going to be delivering something that's coming up in April. Yeah, we have the, we have the day. No, we have the daycare forum, right, which right. uh, which uh, is coming up on April 11th. That's right. And you can go check out the New West Progressives website. There is a, a on the events page. It's all there. Yeah. And, and where a lot of people are talking about. Yes. Yeah, so people are registering right? already, yeah. which is great. And yeah. we will also produce a report um, like we did. That's the kind of promise made, promise kept. We've said we're going right. to do these That's kind of right. town hall forums. And we've been doing a lot of them in 16 months. I mean, yeah. between all the council cafes, the town hall forums, we've had lots of fundraising events. We have another one coming up on April 18th, yeah. by the way, at That's the, right. the Taverna Greca, if you, if you want to attend. But we're out there in the community. And I think that, like, I know you and I have talked about this many times. That's what we value, being able to be out in the community, listening to people, not being afraid. Not everyone's going to agree with us, but we're out in that uh, town hall forum format. We did the one on the 22nd Street redevelopment uh, out in Queensboro, and you and I are already talking about what we're going to be doing for town hall forums in the fall. Yeah. And I think that's what elected officials, that's what people expect of their elected officials. You know, you're absolutely right. Again, even uh, the forum that we had last night, um, uh, it was well attended uh, between all the sports uh, communities. And, and, and you know, that's what the people want to hear. They want to know what are we going to be doing, where are we going, uh, what's coming up. It's important to hear the people, yeah. you know, and get them involved. In this case, for example, um, they did not know about the $3.5 million from the community uh, fund. So now they know. They know what to do with it. So it's important that we do stuff like this. The next topic that came up at council was another topic that came up, very important one. There was a bunch of motions that were going to the lower mainland, uh, uh, lower lower mainland uh, government, so LML, lower mainland local government association. I never can remember that acronym. That um, that number of motions were brought forward by some of our colleagues. One of the motions um, pertained to the support for um, uh, inhalation sites uh, throughout the province of. Uh, British Columbia, and you and I didn't oppose that. We actually, in fact, we, we applauded our, our colleagues about bringing that forward. But we moved an amendment to the motion because we felt, I made a statement in the chamber that it was like kind of having a four-legged stool with only like one leg. It just fell a bit short. So let me read for the, for the listeners so they can hear what the amendment was, and then I'd like you to speak to what the reaction was to that. So the amendment was, be it resolved that the province of British Columbia increase funding for health, sorry, here it is, sorry, be it resolved that in the spirit of a four-pillar approach to dealing with the healthcare crisis of toxic overdoses, which has grown significantly over the past five years, the BC Minister of Health and Addictions allocate a portion of the contingency funds announced in the 2024 budget to implement new and significantly augment existing mental health services, as well as substance abuse treatment and recovery programs in communities with an identified need for these services. So we moved that amendment, and the one I was reading to you prior was the actual original motion that, that was put forward. But that original motion spoke to the toxic overdoses, spoke to addictions, etc. So um, it spoke to the role that overdose prevention sites can play in saving lives. So we added this amendment thinking, I think you and I both thought this will get passed in like 13 seconds. So uh, yeah. what happened? <laughs> well, it got defeated. Uh, that was very quick. Um, uh... And uh, I was absolutely flabbergasted um, to hear that I got uh, defeated right in front of me. Um, but again... Uh, well, to be clear, it, it got defeated, but just so because we don't want anybody to you yes, know, get, right. say we're not... It, it, it actually was ruled out, out of, of order. order. That's right. Because it didn't meet with the spirit, yes. but then we challenged the chair and, and had a vote, it, and that's when the vote that's was... That's when it got yeah, defeated. That's Sorry, right. I should have explained yeah, no, it yeah. better. Um, um, you're absolutely right. Uh, to even challenge it. And I was surprised that this did not pass through. Uh, and what you had mentioned, the points that you brought forward were very, very crucial, the four pillar. Uh, we need government help um, and, and, and uh, alone we can't do it. Uh, so 
uh, when it got defeated, I was uh, quite surprised, actually. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I was also very saddened and um, also quite surprised that it never got approved, but it is what it is. We're trying our best to um, try and uh, help uh, increase uh, and, and lobby and advocate to the province to, Absolutely. to put more mental health supports, to make sure that there's more dollars in there for treatment on demand when people need it. And there's more ability there for, for drug rehabilitation. And um, unfortunately, we never, we were never able to convince a majority of the council to do that. Councillor Minhas, we um, are switching over here to another topic, which is not going to make major headlines. It's not going to be on CNN, breaking news on MSNBC. But the mayor uh, slipped you and I a piece of paper just a few minutes before a vote came out, and that was about appointing people to committees uh, because <laughs> Councillor McAvoy, who was on the man, by the way, you and I got to see him. We yeah. went and visited him in the hospital. He was... It's going to take him a little while, but he's on the mend. But he's off council right now. He's convalescing and recovering, and we hope to have him back in the chamber soon. But while he's off, he had a bunch of committees that he was sitting on, and those committees are now vacant. Those committee appointments are now vacant. So the mayor came back to council with a recommendation on a bunch of appointments for all of these internal and external committees. And I did note, for the record, that uh, back in 2022 when I was sworn in, that um, I didn't get any external appointments. I don't think you got any external appointments. Um, the, uh, again, in 2023, uh, the, the year later, the, the mayor renewed all the appointments. I think you got an appointment to some external body. I can't remember what yeah. it was. I was, again, um, excluded from being appointed to an external body. And now this was the third opportunity for the mayor to demonstrate that everybody on the council is treated equally. And I, I said publicly that it was interesting that as the only person of Indigenous uh, heritage on the in the council, in fact, I think I'm the only Indigenous person elected in Metro Vancouver, I found it rather interesting that we talk a lot about EDI, EDI, you know, diversity, inclusivity, equity. We talk about that yeah. all the time at council. And here was an opportunity for the mayor to appoint me as an Indigenous person to at least one external body or to at least some internal committees absolutely got shut out. I did not get a single appointment um, from the mayor. And what, what ended up happening as a result <laughs> of that uh, vote? Uh, you know, um, uh, first, I also want to wish uh, Councillor Jamie McAvoy a speedy recovery. But I also actually uh, want you to explain to the people, um, for people that might not know what EDI is, uh, it's important that the people understand what EDI stands for. Well, I did say it. I said oh, equity, sorry, I diversity, that. inclusivity. Oh, no, I did mention it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, I believe I was the first one to bring a motion based even under that EDI. I think you did it in November 2022. In, that's right. Uh, and I think you know the answer to what happened in that motion. Well, for our listeners, just so <laughs> they can hear, uh, yeah. we're running out of time quickly, yes. but it was a motion that you had asked that under the, the lens of EDI, that I be appointed to Metro Vancouver as the only Indigenous person elected to municipal government in Metro Vancouver. You asked for me to be appointed to Metro Vancouver to be there, and the vote was... As, uh, they defeated us on that. Um, and uh, they did not... Uh, they had a perfect opportunity. The council had a perfect opportunity under the lens of equity, inclusion, diversity, anti-racism, to appoint um, yourself... Uh, with Indigenous uh, background heritage, yet we chose not to. And for me, it is, um, now I, I understand as to how the political game works, but at the same token, uh, how biased um, this can be. Uh, and, and, you know, um, I'm beyond words. They had a perfect opportunity time and time mm -hmm. and time again to point you, but to shun you out and leave you out, I'm flabbergasted, I'm beyond words. And like I said, I'm ready, willing, and able uh, to work and on I these. I think you will do a fabulous job. No, but job. I'm ready, willing, and able to work. You know? I, I said that, and I, and I mean that sincerely. I am. I, I love public service. I'm ready to yeah. contribute. I have, in the 16 months that I've been on council, have only been appointed to one committee out of all the, I don't know, dozens of committees that yes. we have. And, and yet I looked at the, the list. mayor to leave you out constantly. Um, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And I think he needs to be uh, more fair 
uh, to everybody on council, uh, not just members of his team, but uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here because that's where I get upset because I listen to the words. Yeah. I listen to how this is a not a, this is a council without political parties. That's this right. is a council <laughs> where everybody is treated equally. This is a council where Absolutely. where there's blinders on when I when you know people look out yeah. there. and yet you look at for three opportunities for appointments, be it in 2022, yeah. 2023, and again in 2024. And it's been totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. You know, and uh, are we just going to keep talking about it? Or are we going to do something about it? Our actions speak louder than our words. And I will leave it at that. And of course, this is my opinion. Another story that made uh, headlines was a 60-year-old tree, which, you know, just so you know, 60 <laughs> is the new 50 or 50 is the new 60, whatever it is. A 60-year-old tree, which I think it would have been, I guess that tree would have been planted in the 60s there sometime, sometime, uh, yeah, early 60s. The 60-year-old tree made history because for the first time, the HRA bylaw, the Heritage Revitalization Agreement, uh, process was used to save vegetation. Usually it's used to save old homes, revitalize them. And boy, did we ever get an earful from a number of folks within the community yeah. who've been involved in the heritage. I'm still hearing about it. Oh, I still hear about it. But they're involved in the heritage restoration process yeah. and they're going, what is council doing by uh, using this HRA um, uh, bylaw to protect a tree? Why isn't the tree protection bylaw being used to protect trees versus the HRA? But at the end of the day, what ended up happening with the vote? Well, before I get to that, actually, uh, Daniel, uh, I want to share a little bit of my own personal story with the word heritage. In 2004, I'd done quite a bit of research about heritage and uh, the history of New West. We have our crown, uh, you know, uh, the royal city. Um, it's fascinating that we are now labeling trees, vegetation, as heritage, yet there's so much heritage over here that we are out to destroy. And it just blows my mind um, uh, the direction that we are going in. And um, uh, <laughs> we had quite the conversation, discussion in the chamber, yes, and uh, uh, it got defeated as, as usual. Well, actually, no, it didn't get defeated. Uh, the motion passed, so the tree. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, I meant we, to we, our votes. Yeah, we were yeah. in the minority, but yeah, yeah. The, the actual motion got passed, passed. and it was well, we got defeated. right, That's exactly. Right. I but just worded it differently. Worded it differently. But what what actually got passed was that the HRA uh, was used to protect a tree. It's not a tree that's native to British Columbia. I think it was an oak tree from from I think in Europe. Um, but so it was a tree that beautiful tree, by the way. I, I commented in the yeah. chamber. I loved it. I, I remember seeing it. It's gorgeous. I would never want that tree cut down at at all. It, for me, it was as I said in the chamber. It was the right project, the wrong process. That's and right. I think that um, if people can understand that there should have been a different process to, to save this tree. And I certainly don't think that tree would have ever been at risk of being cut down. I, I've seen trees in the city that are, you know, six, seven inches in, in width at, at the base and they don't get cut down. They're protected. So what I wanted to see was the right process. Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't the right process. No. And I, I feel for the owners. I mean, I, I think that they had the best of intentions. They wanted to revive, like, you know, they wanted to put those, I think, six or seven townhomes on that Based site. Some of the stories, some of the things that we heard from them, they were led in that direction as well. They were guided, yes. They were, guided. Um, they were, they were advised that was the best route yeah. to go. And I, that's why I don't blame them. I think that yeah. they followed the process that they were guided in. And I, I just don't think it was the right process. I think it's the right pro project, but not the right process. And But anyways, it, it, it got passed. But um, we now have an example um, of a tree, piece of vegetation that was saved through the HRA bylaw. But I don't think that sat well with a lot of the heritage advocates in the That's city. That's right, especially the people from Queen's Park. Well, and beyond. And I beyond. tell you, it, it certainly didn't sit well. But it is what it is. We have, uh, we're quickly running out of time. Uh, this is, I do way more material in, in than we can fit into the to the time for the program here. But quickly, um, there was, um, I mentioned it earlier, the facilities uh, 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 index 
just conditions index. And I want to list off for some folks, uh, please go look at the website. The report is available. It was from a workshop from this week um, on February 26th. And um, they've listed off, for example, uh, the, some of these, uh, the, the Mercer Stadium, Grandstand, Washroom, Queen's Park, Banshaw, Queen's Park Stadium, Sapperton Park, Dressing Rooms, Washrooms, Terry Hughes, Washrooms, goes on and on. They are all in very poor condition. And then in poor condition, Queen's Park Arena, Humes Park, Queen's Park Centennial Lodge, Moody Park Little League Stadium, Queen's Park Greenhouses, Moody Park Lawn Bowling Clubhouse, goes on and on. So a lot of facilities are in, first of all, it was, I, we applauded the staff for doing this report, for bringing this forward. I'm super excited that we they did a great job. Great job. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the, the report, really in-depth, a great baseline of information. But what saddened me is just the shape and the condition. Yeah, the condition they are in, and they're yeah. just all geared they're all in rough shape. Uh, very, very rough shape. a lot of work. Uh, so we're, we're, we don't have enough time to talk about it today. Maybe we'll bring it forward for a future absolutely. podcast. But I think we should delve a bit more into that absolutely. because it's kind of what I refer to as the infrastructure deficit. Absolutely. I think it's a big topic. It needs to be uh, talked about. And uh, definitely we can bring it back uh, down the road. Last topic that we can cover today before we, we wrap up. And that is the K2K court. Uh, remember, it was a full court press from K2K Court when they came in. They were upset that the city had committed to trimming the trees in front of their uh, strata. The the city was looking to to kind of back away from that initial commitment. Council sent the staff away to talk to the strata, and the staff did an amazing job. They came back with a compromise position. The strata signed off on it. City side. I love it when I see that where there's a compromise position, and um, and yet still uh, one of our colleagues um, kind of said that. That she wasn't happy with that compromise and said that, <laughs> yeah. what did she say? I think she said that select, um, this shouldn't be going to certain select neighborhoods. They shouldn't have their trees trimmed, which, which I pointed out that it was less about a select neighborhood getting their trees trimmed and more about a commitment that the, that the, the city, city had, made. had made to the people of uh, the Keys. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, good to report that there is a resolution. And absolutely. It's yeah. always a good sign when we can find a middle ground to get things done move forward making progress absolutely it's all about progress and this is a great way to show the people of the west that these things can be achieved when we work together collectively well i've said it many times the why i love the word new west progress why i like new west progressives is because the word progress yes. is in there and and for far too often, we haven't made progress on a number of files and a number of issues in the city. I'm committed to making progress. You're committed to making progress. Very true. And that's, Very ex true. that's exactly And we're going to keep doing that. Uh, I've committed uh, myself and I've uh, talked to the people. I've let them know every time that I've spoken to them that my whole goal is to how do we find a way to move forward. Councilman Hess, thank you once again for coming in doing our council roundup. Uh, I get lots of feedback. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, you do enjoy this dialogue, this discussion. Um, as was noted from Councilman Hess, these are the opinions of both myself and Councilman Hess. So these are our personal opinions. We are elected officials. We, the last time I checked, we are still entitled. I think, I, are we still entitled <laughs> to our own opinions? Uh, sometimes, um, I don't know about you, but I... Uh... I, I, I might uh, I get myself in trouble is, ah. is what I'm trying to say. Well, because I picked the wrong words. You got too many words. opinions. Uh, you know, I, I picked the wrong words or uh, I might have an opinion and uh, no, well, you, somebody doesn't you, like an opinion. I think sometimes, you know, um, you could be accused of speaking the truth or maybe uh, uh, speaking your mind, as they say. And I'm always going to speak the truth. Uh, it might be tough to listen to, but uh, um, I am committed uh, in speaking the truth. And if it uh, offends somebody, um, uh, there's not much I can do about that. Well, Councilman Hess, thanks again for coming on. If you are a fan of uh, For the Record, uh, make sure you uh, follow us and that you uh, then you'll get all the episodes. Make sure you tell your friends, your family to tune in to For the Record. Uh, thanks again for uh, coming out. Mr. Well, thank you for having me, Daniel. These are uh, great uh, people. I've been, I wanted to share this uh, with yourself and the people as well. Uh, there's so many people that see me, meet me. And they always talk about these uh, podcasts that we're doing and they get updated or even some of the material that we send 
to them on our uh, on our uh, Facebook site. And that's a very good point yeah. too. So if you want to get more information, you can yeah. go to the newest progressives uh, website. You can also register to get the uh, e-blast. You yeah. can get a regular e-blast or the podcast. We're communicating on multiple. It's a great way uh, where people educate themselves by listening or following up on what we had talked about. And, and they can go to the city website and, and then look into um, different topics or different things uh, in depth. We're out of time. We are out of time. We're out of time. Thank, thank you, you so much. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And we will have uh, Kelcher Minas back here at a future for the Record Podcast. Before you know it, thanks so much.